welcome to the Beastified Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. This is a show dedicated to inspiring you to treat your body and mind the way it should be treated. Each week, we delve deep into all things health with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, fitness, nutrition, and spirituality. Deep and often intense, these conversations are released every Wednesday and are designed to inspire, educate, motivate, and encourage you to discover, uncover, and unlock and unleash your potential. In this episode of the Beastified Podcast, Leslie Fightmaster joins us for a mindful and very impactful deep conversation on yoga and how you can apply the concepts to your life. Leslie believes yoga should be available for free for everyone to enjoy. Leslie has a very successful yoga channel on YouTube called Fightmaster Yoga, as well as a huge online following of over 130,000 very supportive community. Leslie's mission is to make yoga accessible throughout the world. Please check out her awesome yoga community on YouTube. We really hope that this episode gets across why yoga shouldn't just be seen as a luxury and why it should be an integral part of your day. Prepare to be inspired to incorporate some of these practices in your own life. So first off, Leslie, we'd just like to say welcome to the Beastified podcast. We've been following your work for a while and we're really excited and we've seen the impact you've made so far. We're really glad you've given us your time today and we're really looking forward to a very impactful episode. Thank you. I really appreciate you asking me to join you. No problem. Leslie, a good way to start would be for you to tell us about your start of in your journey into yoga. Well, I started to practice yoga. It was um, about 1999 or 2000. I was living up in San Francisco at the time. And I have been a person in recovery for various substances for about now 20 years. But at the time, I decided I wanted to practice yoga because I wanted to be able to sit and meditate. And when I tried to sit and meditate initially, it was very, very, very awful. (laughs) My mind wouldn't stop talking. It was just, it was torture. So I had heard that if you practiced yoga, it would help with a meditation practice. And so that was the initial reason why I started to practice. Mm -hmm. Leslie, for me, when I started doing yoga, my movement patterns improved, my endurance, my body control, and my core strength and my balance. And that's just probably just a few to name the benefits I was experiencing. But more than that, it made us even stronger when I was doing Olympic lifts and power lifts. How has yoga changed your body and mind? Well, I, I'm not much, I wouldn't say I'm much of a, an athlete. However, I did used to do quite a bit of mountain biking when I lived in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And, and the yoga practice was definitely helpful to keep my, especially my legs and my back, from getting too sore. And it's, it's just a wonderful way in my body. It's helped me. I've become so much more flexible in my body. When I first started to practice, I couldn't bend over and touch my toes. So my body has definitely become more flexible for sure. But then I think also my mind has really become more flexible as well. When I first started to practice yoga, I was such a perfectionist. It was to the point where it was painful. It, mm-hmm. it was never okay for me to do something you know, wrong in, in, in my perception of being wrong. 
And I've been able through my yoga practice to really help myself be more comfortable with who I am and the mistakes that I make because everybody makes mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I just had a really hard time accepting that fact. But through the yoga practice, and I think a lot of it has, uh, has to do with practicing the breath. You know, whenever I get anxious or worried about something, I can now just focus my attention on my breath. And then whatever it is, that anxious feeling tends to just go away. So I've seen definitely a lot of changes in my body. But I think even the more rewarding changes for me have been really my, my mind, the way that I relate with myself, and the way that I relate with other people. Oh, that's great, Leslie. So, Leslie, does nutrition play an important role in your life? It does, because if I don't eat well, then it's no fun to practice yoga either. <laughs> if yeah. I, you know, if I'm eating food that's not good for me, I don't have any energy to do anything. And I definitely have had the experience where I've had a really, you know, big burrito and then gone into the yoga studio to practice. I think I did it once. That's all it took. It's not, it doesn't go well together. So as I take better care of myself through my yoga practice and, and with my body, it also, that, that whole relationship between my body and my mind becomes stronger. And so when I put food into my body that isn't healthy for me, it mm-hmm. it really it just doesn't really work anymore. I just have a really hard time if I eat something that's that doesn't that's not good for me. I really feel the effects more immediately. So it, most uh, of the time, it's just not worth it. So I I, mm-hmm. I pretty much eat uh, primarily a pretty clean diet. But you know, every once in a while, I like to have a little bit of dessert, and I love dark chocolate. I'm I'm addicted uh, to dark chocolate. Um, peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's grocery here in the U.S. So um, I do have my vices, but for the most part, I I eat pretty well. Yeah. Well, I know from my experience how much a poor diet can impact the body and mind. When, when, I, when I lost all my weight and uh, I changed my body and mind, it was all down through the changes through nutrition. It was mm-hmm. uh, really impactful. Yeah. I, I really think, too, if, if someone is trying to lose weight, I think that the nutrition is even more important than the exercise. I mean, they work best in tandem, but you can exercise an awful lot, but if you eat a bunch of junk, you're definitely not going to be healthy. But if you eat really well, maybe you don't have as much time to exercise daily, you'll probably be more healthy, although a little bit of exercise daily is better than none. Uh-huh. So, Leslie, how would you describe yoga to a complete novice who has mm-hmm. never practiced it? No, that's a great question. I, I think I would describe yoga as a, a system of linking breath with movement. And the reason to, to link this breath and movement with these postures is, first, I think, to get us into the present moment. And then secondly, to quiet the chitter-chatter of the mind. And then the third part is when we're in the present moment and the mind is quiet, we have a better chance of getting to know who we really are. And most Mm -hmm. of us walk around on this planet as like a head just attached to a body, not Uh really connected. 
So through the yoga practice, we get that connection so that we can really get more in touch with our divine self and, you know, who, who we really are at heart. Mm-hmm. The benefits of yoga certainly ex- extend more than flex- just flexibility, in my opinion, definitely. Yes. But what's, what's one surprising characteristic someone will learn about themselves when they perform yoga? Hmm. I think that some... Some people find out, I know one of the things that I found out and that I see other students find out is that um, they realize that they're kind of competitive, <laughs> which yeah. isn't always a bad thing. You know, competitiveness keeps us striving to improve ourselves. But oh, there's also a part of competitiveness that is sort of a, a deterrent from from being happy people, right? So if we're constantly comparing ourselves to somebody else and despairing that we're not good enough, then we're probably not going to be very happy. So I see that characteristic come up a lot. You know, people will say to me, well, how long is it going to take me to be able to get my foot behind my head? Or (laughs) how long did you practice before you could, you know, hold a handstand or whatever it is? And, you know, the answer is that it's really not about the pose. It's really about the journey and, you know, linking that breath and that movement and showing up on the mat regardless of how we feel. Yes, I think think as well it's, it's about being better than you were yesterday. Yes. That's great. Uh, Leslie, does each yoga pose have a spiritual meaning? Well, I don't know that each particular yoga pose has a spiritual meaning, but I I have learned that when... So yoga was originally created by, you know, the quote-unquote yogis that lived in caves, you know, long, long ago. Um, and the reason that yoga the system of yoga was started was because they wanted to be able to meditate for hours and hours on end. Mm-hmm. And the body wouldn't allow that because of, you know, pain and, you know, sitting for 10 hours a day is not really a picnic for a lot of people. And same with the yogis. So they started to figure out ways that they could stretch and strengthen their bodies so that they could sit longer and they would look at the animals in nature and get clues from from the animals and so that's why you'll see like you know downward facing dog pose if you, you look at a dog with its front legs extended in out in front of it and its you know tail up in the air it's kind of a similar shape so um yeah i don't i don't know that there's necessarily there are actually some poses though that's like virabhadrasana has a whole story about uh, the warrior Virabhadra. And um, Hanumanasana, which is a, a split, has a whole story about the uh, deity in um, Hinduism named Hanuman. And Hanuman was a monkey, and his whole idea was that he was really focused on love and service. And so he sort of... Um, in yoga, he's kind of like one of the deities that really embodies the the yoga practice in that, you know, he's strong, he's flexible, but he's really, really focused on service. Mm-hmm. I, think the, I think the names as well can help uh, yoga, people who's doing yoga delve deeply into the movements a lot better as well, mm-hmm. understand, how, understand how the animals move. Yes. So the first time, Leslie, the first time I heard someone say that the body is not stiff, the mind is. Ah, uh, yes. 
I was speechless and it made, really made me think that. So is yoga more flexibility of the mind than it's flexibility of the body? Well, I love that you said that because my, my yoga teacher, her teacher was um, Shrike Patabi Joyce who created the Ashtanga system of yoga. And he used to say that to his students a lot. He'd say, no, 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 no stiff bodies, only stiff minds. And I do think that the mind is very, very powerful in the way that it affects the body. And I, I believe that more and more studies are showing this. And I think that it's going to continue, like the research will continue, just how posture affects mood and all of that and and how how much we can use our minds to um, open up our bodies and, and also just believing in the fact that, hey, I can do this instead of coming from the place of, oh, I could never do that. Uh-huh. It makes a huge difference. So I do, I, I totally agree with you that, that there are no stiff bodies, just stiff minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose when it does, it, it dawns on you that it's a lot to do with the mind, yes. that it's so powerful and it's more likely just another fear cycle. Does yoga provide you the perfect opportunity to find out who you are? Um, I think it really does because, um, like I mentioned, it, it allows you to get present in the moment and to quiet your mind. And then when you have that opportunity of being present, because how often do we take the time in our busy lives to just be? Um, uh-huh. Many of us don't. And when, we're, when we get onto the mat and we practice, that's that opportunity to just be present with the breath and with the posture. And when we're focused on, you know, making sure our breath is how it should be and our alignment is correct and we have the proper drishti or focal point, then we're really not thinking about, like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to have for dinner? <laughs> it just doesn't really yeah. come to mind. So it gives us that opportunity to to have the ability to be present and when we're present that's when we can start to to find out who we are i think as well if we break away from the thinking that we'll have like x amount of years to live and instead look at how many like breaths we have yes life life makes more more like a turn towards the nose and every breath becomes more important mm-hmm. and i feel it if you practice you practice your breath and treat it like the fine rare treasure it is it becomes a, a great practice in my opinion mm-hmm is every breath in yoga important? Yes, absolutely. And there was um, a yoga teacher. He just passed. He just passed away a few years ago. BKS Iyengar, and um, either he was quoted of, of saying, or maybe it was his teacher, Krishnamacharya. One of them were quoted as saying that um, age is not uh, calculated in the number of years for a yogi, but it's calculated in the number of breaths. Mm-hmm. And the the breath practice in yoga is called pranayama. And the word prana in Sanskrit means life force. And the word ayama means to extend. So when we practice our breath, we're really practicing to extend our life force. And mm-hmm. um, Sri K. Patabi Joyce in the Ashtanga system would say that the breath is the most important part of the practice and that we could just you know, hang out and breathe for an hour, an hour and a half, except that most people can't just sit and do that. So mm-hmm. he said he put together a system of poses that will help with keeping our bodies and minds more occupied so that we can really focus on 
a, a breath practice, really. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, Leslie, what is your greatest experience with yoga? Hmm. There, you know, I don't know exactly because there's been so many, many aha moments, I think, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, one of the things that I think has been really important with my yoga practice is, is that um, the one con- constant I can always count on is change. You know, I, when I first started to practice, I, like I said, I couldn't touch my toes and my body was very stiff and my mind was even stiffer. Uh-huh. So I think that um, just through the practice, that's been a wonderful experience is how my body and my mind have become more flexible. And I think that through the flexibility of the body and the mind really comes more freedom and freedom from taking things personally, especially, you know, taking other people personally or other situations personally and just being able to to just see something as for what it is instead of thinking that it has anything to do with me because 99.9% of the time it's not about me (laughs) and my yoga practice has really helped with that a lot yeah Leslie I feel in like society is starting to turn yoga into this cool and trendy practice Mm -hmm. which is a good in a way because it increases the amount of participants however I feel like you know this can also make people forget about the main purpose of yoga, which is a deep connection with spirituality. Is the Western influence of yoga taking away more of its spiritual side from its earlier origins? You know, that's really hard to say. Um, there's definitely uh, an influence of yoga in the West where people are very focused on the pose uh-huh. and, you know, looking good in a, in a yoga pose. And um, I don't know how much that takes away from the practice because on one hand it can be used as a way to, you know, for people to feel inspired. Uh But on the other hand, it's not what really, it's not what yoga is really about. It's not about looking cool in a pose or looking sexy in a pose. Uh Um, You know, the yoga practice, like you say, is it's really that connection with spirituality. So, you know, on one hand, I, I like that there's a saying I like that, you know, for yoga, come for the vanity, but stay for the sanity. Oh, that's a good saying. But, uh, but on the other hand, I don't want people to be, you know, scared away from yoga thinking, oh, my gosh, you have to look like a supermodel and you have to be able yeah. to be so bendy and able to practice <laughs> yoga because that's not what yoga is. So, you know, I don't know. I think we'll have to see how, you know, which way it goes. And I hope that it's not taking away from the practice because there are so many benefits for people to practice that I hope that they don't get scared away before they start. Yeah, so true. Leslie, I think that the Shavasana is the most important aspect of the practice. I feel that like enables the nervous system time to come back to its normal like quiet state and center your body. What's your thoughts on the Shavasana? I totally agree. I think it is the most important pose. And for some, it's the most difficult. I see many students struggle with just being able to lie down and be still. Many people have a real hard time with it. And I have students in class sometimes that, you know, they're instead of lying 
lying down and resting, they're doing other yoga poses. And so sometimes I tell them, you know, that's a really important part of your practice is yeah. to lie down and relax. And like you said, it's, it helps the nervous system to get back into sync because, you know, we are bombarded with stress a lot in our lives. And our bodies and minds don't necessarily know how to catch that stress. Like, is it a real stressor or, you know, like, is there a real imminent threat or is it just that we got an email from our boss that makes us uncomfortable? You know, yeah. the body can have the same reaction to like a, you know, a thing as versus a fight with our spouse. So mm-hmm. that we do have that ability to let the body relax and, and we call it sometimes in when the body gets into that position, um, relaxing and has time to rest and digest, whereas when we're filled with stress, the body always wants to go to the fight or flight. So it's really important for the body to have that time to rest and digest. And it's funny, whenever I do lay down in Shavasana or if I do a longer kind of a restorative practice, my stomach is always making all kinds of noises. It's just really busy. So I think, you know, we need that. We need that time for the body to to do all of those things that it needs to do that it can't do when we're stressed yeah definitely yeah when you carry out your practice what is your thought process is it more of a meditative mind body connection what do you focus on mostly yes mostly when i practice i do try to make it more of a moving meditation there are times when i want to kind of practice certain poses or practice opening my body in certain ways because i've gotten a little stiff here or there. So that's a bit of a, a different experience. But, but most of the time, it's either a moving meditation or I'm, I'm practicing a yin class, which is, you know, when you get into a pose and you stay there for three to five minutes and really allow your body to stretch and open and relax and, and also the mind. Or I love restorative practice where you get into a position that's really, really comfortable and you just stay there for five, ten minutes and it's almost like oh, it's almost like a nap, but it's but you're still awake. But your body, yeah. it's kind of. Or in the yoga nidra practice is another one that I really like, which is yoga nidra means yoga of sleep. So even though you're not asleep, the body has the opportunity to feel like it was asleep. So the body feels refreshed, um, wow. and I really love the practice as well. Leslie, in my day-to-day life through doing yoga, I've been more in touch with my body. I've been more aware of things like my posture and my movement patterns. And in the house, I'll never sit on the couch. I'll always sit on the, sit on the floor cross-legged or something like that. But how, how, have you, how have you managed to be aware of your posture and how do you take advantage of the knowledge you know while also combating the sedentary living? And have you addressed this for yourself and what might you recommend others? Well, um one thing that's really great with our yoga practice is that it helps us with proper posture. And so when I am sitting in a chair, which I don't like to do very often, but I'm sitting in a chair now, and I am sitting with my my spine very long. I'm not rounding my back or hunching my shoulders. Um, before my yoga practice, I would always sit that way because that felt comfortable. Now yeah. after practicing for you know many years, I... If I sit and round my back, that feels very uncomfortable. So in that respect, I think that just being aware of proper posture is is a uh-huh. 
great, great thing about the practice. And, you know, most of the time I am doing things. I'm, I'm, I'm busy, but, you know, sometimes I do sit on my couch when I, when I need to take a rest, and I take a rest because I, I know that that's what my body needs because I, I practice and I can feel what's, what's best for me at that time. So uh-huh. I think that, that the, the great thing is, is to know, you know, what does the body need at any given time and mm-hmm. can we let ourselves rest when we need to rest and can we let ourselves move and exercise when we need that. Mm-hmm. I think as well in yoga, there's there's not much pulling techniques done. However, a lot of yoga uh, poses are more like push and dominant. Mm-hmm. When I carry out my yoga poses, I'll find a tree or I'll go in the garage and do static holds and do pulling work on the rings or something. But in your personal private yoga, did you ever incorporate any pulling work? Um, no, I guess I don't. I I mean, I use um, my body weight as resistance when I practice. Uh-huh. Um, I do use, you know, yoga blocks and yoga straps, and I will use those props in order to get into a posture more deeply or to allow my alignment to, to uh-huh. be better. Yeah. Have you ever thought about the size of the yoga mat, Leslie? Because my thinking sometimes is that the yoga mat, mat can feel like a box, and my thinking mm-hmm. is that the size of the box can re- sometimes restrict your natural movement. You can, I know you can't get bigger mats because I've ordered one myself, but what's your opinion on the yoga mat? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I, um, I don't necessarily need a yoga mat. Um, mm-hmm. If I don't have one, I'll practice without one. Uh-huh. That I don't have to, you know, slide around as much. Uh-huh. Um, but when I don't have a yoga mat, it's actually pretty beneficial too because it, it makes me engage my my muscles more i have to work a little bit harder sometimes yeah i would like to know of uh, what sacrifices you've identified in pursuing your passion and developing your movement and what when your motivation gets low what are your go-tos to raise your spirit hmm. well i think probably one of the things that i've sacrificed which might sound kind of silly true are a lot of my weekends <laughs> because um, when I was training to become a yoga teacher it was um, on the weekends and and I I did a, a several well a few different trainings and then when I was finished training myself then I became a yoga trainer so then I started training others on the weekends and so that takes away from my family when I'm when I'm working on the weekend. Yeah. So I kind of switched that into um, doing more of the training um, during the week. They're the month-long intensive trainings, so which I started to teach those. But now I'm finding when I teach those trainings, I'm away from my regular classes. So I'm I'm sacrificing my my regular. Students, I don't get to see them for like a whole month, and then sometimes they find other things to do <laughs> during yeah <laughs> time. So, so sometimes um, you know those are our little sacrifices. And then, what was the other part of the question? Um, what motivation? Oh, um, motivation. Yes, yeah. that's a great question. Yes, because there are days where I get up and I I'm getting ready to go and teach, and I think to myself, I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> So usually what that means to me is that I need to to do a little more practice myself. 
So I will sometimes go onto the internet and go onto YouTube or go onto other sites and find new teachers to practice with. Or I'll go to the studio and teach and practice with some of my favorite teachers. Or I'm, I'm lucky in that I live just an hour away from Los Angeles, and there's a lot of wonderful teachers there, too. So I can drive up to L.A. and practice. And, and usually when I practice with, um, you know, a, a teacher that's what I would call a master teacher, I usually get inspired, and I usually get something that I can, can bring back uh-huh. with me to my own students and to my own practice. Yeah. When you first start yoga, your body gives off signals and tells you you've been missing your misusing your body for so long. Mm. The, the body with its magnificent intelligence begins to inform us of things like insecurities and weaknesses. Can yoga be a healer of physical and mental illnesses? I I do think it it can and it does and mm. you know through through our YouTube channel I get messages from people all over the world who've shared with me how yoga has physically healed their bodies and mentally or emotionally healed their, their minds. So I have a lot of different... I, I remember one woman who has, um, I think it's called scoloderma, which is where the um, connective tissue in the body doesn't stretch like it should. Uh-huh. And it gets very, very, um, very tight in the body. And so she was experiencing quite a bit of pain. And so she got to a point where it was difficult for her to even go to the grocery store and get groceries and carry the bags to her car. So she decided um, one year, she said, because she knew that yoga would be helpful. So she decided that she was going to, to practice. But then she went to go to the studio. And she realized that she had too much anxiety to leave her house. So mm-hmm. she found our YouTube channel and she started to, to practice just online yoga. And she sent me a, just a beautiful letter about her experience and how she was able to, you know, get over this anxiety. And also she sent me pictures of her in these amazing poses. Like she was doing a, a full wheel pose in Urdhva She was doing Bakasana oh. pro pose. So, yeah, so it's really amazing. And so when I, when I hear things like that from people, it just it reiterates to me about how important the yoga practice is and how important that it is available to, to anybody who, who needs it or wants it. Mm-hmm. I think this question is going to might contradict what you've just said there a little bit, like on our behalf asking this question, but I feel like when a person is seeking out a yoga practice, they will use technology to find the practice, which is an excellent starting point, don't get me wrong, but however, in my experience, to get the most out of my yoga practice, I really need to find my own routine without distractions and Wi-Fi, etc., so I can really focus on my breath and the movements and nothing else, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But what's your thoughts on yoga with technology? Um, I, I like the way that you're thinking about it. I, I agree that, that yoga is, you know, if you don't really know much about yoga or you don't have access to a yoga studio or maybe you're, um, maybe you're a student and you just don't have money to go, I think mm-hmm. that having an online resource is really, really great. But yeah, I think it it's also a way to, for students to find their yoga practice in their own space, you know, their own home 
practice that is without, you know, they the, the yoga practice really is the, the teacher. So the more that people can disconnect from the technology, you know, as, yeah. as they progress, the better off. I mean, I mostly practice just on my own and I don't play music usually. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But it is really about connecting with, with the breath and my, my process be just with myself. Yeah, so true. Leslie, um, can you ever master yoga or is it a continuous journey? I think it is a continuous journey. I think that there's probably some people who practice that have become masters in the practice, Uh but I think there's always something more to learn. And I think that it is. It is that journey. I don't think that you can really finish it. It's you know, it's it's yoga practice, not yoga perfect. <laughs> yeah. Leslie, what do you think the the future holds for yoga, and where do you see it going? Oh, I think that what I'd like to see is is just the the continuation of the of people being able to connect into the spiritual aspect of the yoga practice and to focus less on looking good in a pose. Uh-huh. I hope that people, you know, that they really know that that yoga is, you know, it's not about looking good. It's it's about connecting and feeling good in our bodies. And yeah. when we and when we're in the present moment and we're connecting and feeling good in our bodies, we're actually nicer people. And I do think that if we can focus on on that part of the practice, I do think that our world will become a nicer place. And that's what my hope is. Oh, so true. Leslie, at the end of your yoga videos, you often quite finish the practice on a very powerful quote. If it's okay with you, could you finish the podcast with one of your favorite quotes? Yes, let me find it. I think it's it's probably one of my favorite. I have so many favorite quotes because there are so many wonderful quotes there out there. But mm. one of the ones that I really like is by the Sufi poet Rumi, who yeah. um, he wrote... Uh, I think in the, was it the 12 or 1300s, I think it was. And this is called the guest house. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them all at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Wow. Wow, Leslie, that was powerful. Thank you so much for that, Leslie. What a great way to end such an inspiring episode. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. I think everything is just an experiment in life. We are all on a journey, and we're all just here to see what works best. And there's one thing for sure. If you want to try and improve your body and mind, you certainly can't miss out yoga. So on that note, Leslie, where can people find you, and what are you currently working on? Well, you can find me on YouTube at Fightmaster Yoga. It's F-I-G-H-T-M-A-S-T-E-R. And yes, that is really my last name. 
I didn't make it up. Um, <laughs> and you can also find me at fightmasteryoga.com is our website, although we are working on updating it. We, what we want to do is take all of the, the yoga classes that we have on YouTube and then categorize them and make them easily searchable on the website. So that's kind of a project that we're working on. Um, and I'm also working on putting together some uh, some classes for another online training called Udeme, and I'm working on putting together kind of a, a whole set of classes that focus on let's practice our yoga safe to, safely, so really focusing on alignment and in the different postures so that we can make sure we keep our body safe so that we can all practice until we're in our late 90s and early 100s. Mm. <laughs> Leslie, thank you so much for being an incredible guest. I would just like to really say a big thank you again. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for asking. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review on iTunes as it really helps the show. And don't forget to head over to the show notes at beastified.com. Hey everyone, and check out our weekly challenge set by the guests themselves. And also don't forget to check out the bonus questions we ask the guests after the show. In the meantime, stay healthy.